The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Good morning, Lloyd. Well, you know, we recently came back from the International Association of Privacy Professionals Global Privacy Summit. So you're go- I'm going to just introduce myself today and tell a little bit about the conference since I presented at it. And then we're going to be talking to various vendors that were at the conference as exhibitors and talk about what kinds of products that they have that provides privacy enhancement. So first of all, let me tell you a little bit about what we did at the conference. The name of the program that I presented with several people was called How to Avoid the Privacy Pitfalls of Employment Background Checks. And we've talked about how really challenging it is in this day and age to have a background check when there are so many errors, whether it's your credit reports, and there are 70% of credit reports have errors, or whether it's a criminal background check where you can end up with your name being mixed up with that of a criminal. The people that discussed employment background checks with me were Frederick Giles, who is a senior vice president of the research division for the Carco Group, which is a employment background screening company. Then we also had Beth Givens on, who is the director of the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse. She's been on many times. And then we also had Robert uh, Shoshinsky, who is an attorney and assistant director in the Federal Trade Commission's Division of Privacy and Identity Protection. And we talked about all the challenges for employees and employers with background checks. So you should be concerned if you are an employer about background checks. For example, 
it, just in 2014, here's a couple of the major class actions that were settled that cost a fortune for companies. Publix Supermarkets, Inc. agreed to pay $6.8 million in class action settlement, and this is because they were violating the Fair Credit Reporting Act for not making legally required disclosures about background checks to their job applicants. And Dollar General ended up paying $4.8 million, and Swift Transportation paid $4.4 million in a class action settlement. So there are numerous challenges with the uh, for employers in making sure that they do a background check correctly. So one of the questions that we discussed was, what does an employer need to do if they intend to obtain a background check or a credit report about an applicant? So it's a good idea to get a background check on someone, especially if you're concerned about having access to sensitive data. But here are some of the things that, as an employer, you should be doing, and as an employee, you should make sure was done for you. So the employer must give the applicant a written stand-alone notice, not part of the application, uh, that a background check report is going to be obtained and may be used in an employment decision. Now, if the employer will obtain an investigative report based on personal interviews about the applicant's character or reputation, then the employer must inform the applicant of his or her right to a description of the nature and scope of the investigation. Now, the next thing is for the applicant to give written permission to get those kinds of reports and certify to the company that they will provide the report that the employer has informed the applicant that it will get the report and obtain the applicant's permission and the employer has complied with the provisions of the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the employer won't wrongfully discriminate or otherwise misuse the report in violation of federal or state discrimination laws. So it's very important that an employer certify to the company who's going to do the background check those things. So now if an employer intends to take an adverse action, for example, not hire or not promote uh, or fire an employee, based on the information that they receive in that report, there are some steps that the employer must take. First of all, before the employer takes the adverse action, it has to imply com- it has to comply with the Fair Credit Reporting Act by providing the applicant or the employee with a notice that includes a copy of the report the employer relied on to make a decision. So if you're an employee or a potential employee and you're not going to get the job or you're going to be fired, you have a right to get a copy of that and a copy of the summary of your rights under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And you have even more rights if you are in California. After the employer takes the adverse action, the employer must tell the applicant of the empl- or, or the employee um, that the person was rejected because of the report 
and give the name and address and telephone number of the company that sold the report. It's a good idea to give it to them even before you take the adverse action, especially if there is an error or if there's identity theft and this person is getting mixed up with someone else. And the company um, selling the report did not make the employment decision and cannot explain the employment decision. So the background check company has can't tell you why you weren't hired, but they can help you if there is an error. And the, you as an employee has a right to dispute the accuracy or the completeness of the report, and you're entitled to a free report from the company. Now, the employer um, must keep a copy of the background check that it retains. And this is important because the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission law, requires an employer to keep all records related to hiring for one year after the record was created or after a personal action was taken. And longer preservation periods may apply to educational institutions like state and local government and federal contractors. Now, once the record uh, keeping requirements have been satisfied, and the, then the employer may destroy a background check, but they must do it securely through shredding or something because you have a lot of sensitive information like a social security number in places that someone has worked, um, their birth date, other personal information. The FTC has a rule and guidance document on how to securely destroy information and like I said it can be either through shredding with a crosscut shredder or burning now some people say well do the same restrictions apply and responsibilities apply if the employer obtains a background information from a company that compiles information from social media because social media also can be um, very revealing about people if the company that provides the social media information compiles that information and sells it for an employment purpose, it is determined to be a consumer reporting agency, and it is subject to the same restrictions and responsibilities as other reporting agencies under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. The fact that the data they sell is compiled from social media profiles and other sources doesn't change that analysis. However, if the employer himself or herself does the background check in social media, then the laws regarding the Fair Credit Reporting Act don't apply. Now, um, you should still not use the social media if, unless you are very, very careful because the EEOC could get involved in, for example, if you see that a person is of a different race or a woman or a pregnant woman or something that would um, subject the employer to discrimination, then that could be a real problem. Now, what if an employer obtains social media information and other online information on a potential employee? Um, we just talked a little bit about that, but employers who use such information 
should be very careful, and it is almost safer as an employer to utilize a third party so that you could never be accused of actually being discriminatory by by looking at a Facebook page or Instagram. So to finalize this, just to let you know how you can avoid a lawsuit if you are an employer is very you need to be very careful about making sure that if you do get a background check or you want to perform a background check, you must be careful that you get prior permission and that you only do this on a standalone sheet and that you don't violate the 15 U.S.C. 1681 of the Fair Credit Reporting Act because the damages are up to $1,000 for each instance when an employer obtains a consumer report without the proper disclosures and authorization. So you want to be careful because in 2014, Whole Foods, Home Depot, Staples, LinkedIn, Uber, Domino's Pizza, Johnson & Johnson, and more were sued. So get prior consent have the authorization signed by the employee. Uh, there's, There's no waivers or disclaimers. Clarify the type of background check and provide contact information for the investigative agency and make sure that you give a cap, a copy to the applicant or the employee who's looking for a promotion. Make sure you get a copy of that background check right away to them and there, if there is a problem, then they can immediately go back to the company who did the background check and ask that the background check be corrected and that they may dispute what's on there if it is something from an identity thief or someone else. So make sure that you avoid these lawsuits by being very cautious to protect your employees and to protect your business. And now we're going to go to the exhibit hall and talk to the various exhibitors and find out about the privacy-enhancing products that they have displayed at this conference. Hi, this is Mari Frank, and we are at the International Association of Privacy Professionals in Washington, D.C. at their International Summit. And I'm walking around the exhibit hall interviewing all the wonderful people and companies that are here helping to protect privacy in the information age. So first one is Robert Shields with Informatica. Robert, it's great to talk to you. So tell us about what is Informatica and how does it help privacy? Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about Informatica. Informatica is about a billion-dollar company who has cut its teeth on data. It's been in the data business for a long time. Where we're focused in this conference is helping people understand their sensitive and private data and then ultimately protecting that data. So when we talk about finding and understanding sensitive data, this is a big problem. We've done a number of studies on this. Most organizations cannot tell you where all their private and sensitive data is, and then more so, how much risk that data is at. That's what we help them do, build a very easy to read visualization, worldwide maps, 
you know, heat maps, all sorts of things so that they can see where their sensitive data, where their private data is, and where that data is at risk. And then secondarily, we provide controls to help secure that data so that data that should not be looked at by certain people is not looked at. And if organizations want to share private data, they can de-identify it and desensitize it for sharing. Sounds great. Just give us your website. Website is www.informatica.com. Now we're at Click for Compliance. And this is online compliance training. So we're talking with Brett Campbell. And you're from Ruston, Virginia. Okay. I still live in Charlottesville, oh, UVA. Nearby. Yeah. So tell us about Click for Compliance. What do you do and how do you help privacy? Sure. So uh, Click for Compliance is an online e-compliance training company. Uh, we, we do business in a SaaS model, and we're here at the uh, uh, IAPP conference, uh, you know, working with privacy officers and professionals. So we target the employee level, um, and we are a, a great uh, complement to a cybersecurity program uh, that helps to educate employees on the risks and threats that exist today and help to reduce the overall risks of companies uh, around this particular topic area. Well, it's an important area because the you know the people working you can have all the greatest software, but if you have people who are not compliant with you know with the rules and the laws, then that's the real problem. So why don't you just give your website? Sure. It's um, our, our website is www.click for the numerical for compliance dot com. Great. Thank you, Brett. Thank you. And now. We're at your key, interestingly spelled U-R-Q-U-I, and we're speaking with Kenneth Jennings, who's from beautiful Toronto, Canada. So, Ken, why don't you tell us what is your key about and how does it help privacy? Thank you very much. Your key is anonymous remote user authentication, and it's done with a mobile phone. Um, 20 years ago, I worked for ADP, the big computer company, and they had a security problem, and they solved their security problem by giving me a key fob that changed numbers all the time. Fast forward 20 years, and I go to about 25 different websites, and now I have a security problem on all those websites, and I have a privacy problem on all those websites, and worse than that, I have a password problem, because I can't remember all these passwords. So what we've done is we have tried to solve that problem with passwords that change every 60 seconds and you get them from your mobile phone. Um, if you think about it, I want to get a little bit of money, I could rob you. If I want to get a lot of money, I could rob a bank. Likewise, if I wanted to get a few passwords, I could do some packet sniffing here on the Wi-Fi network at the conference and violate everybody's privacy by stealing their information. Or I could go hack Target and then get thousands of passwords. So, you know, hackers are a little bit like robbers. They would prefer for the work that they do to get a lot for a little. Our solution is based on the premise that no matter how hard we try as individual people and citizens, we're forced by companies and organizations that own websites to use usernames and passwords and they get us to create accounts, and we do that, and then we enter our passwords. And those passwords are static. They rarely change. 
and we rarely change them. Even if we make them 10 characters long, have uppercase, lowercase, special characters, we do all these things, we only use them on website, we, one website, we change them frequently. When Target gets hacked, we're still busted, so the individual's privacy can still be destroyed by a careless company, despite the fact that the citizens try really hard to protect their privacy. So our game is to make it so that people have a better choice. And the better choice is one-time passwords, passwords that change every 60 seconds. Everybody in Washington, D.C. could load our applications on their mobile phones for free between now and 6 p.m. tonight. It wouldn't cost them 10 cents, and better still, it wouldn't cost us 10 cents because that cost is going to be covered by iTunes, Google Play, and BlackBerry World. Then all we need to do is get out there and talk to the companies that operate the servers and get them to load the server-side software on their servers. And then the greatest news of all for those people is that they'll be able to use their mobile phones to authenticate against not one server, but multiple servers. And then finally, probably... Our company and the three founding partners are ambassadors of privacy by design. How did we get to achieve that rec recognition? We did it because your key was designed to be user-centric. It's free for the people. That makes it user-centric. It's easy for the people to get. That makes it user-centric. And then in terms of privacy by design... <laughs> In terms of privacy by design, we don't have to worry about keeping our data secure because we don't capture any data. So if the two of you were to go and download our application and put it on your phone, first of all, you could do it in less than a minute. And you would see after you had registered with the Yerky registration server that we did not know who you were. So we don't know who is using our service. And that's what Yerky does for privacy. And so why don't you give your website... Our website is yourkey.com. That's U-R-Q-U-I.com. Terrific. Well, thank you, Ken. This is a great idea. Thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate it. Okay, yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, now we're at Womble Carlisle Lawyers, and we are seeing a friend of ours, Ted Claypool, who was on our show before. He was on a whole half-hour show, and now he's here to talk about what does Womble Carlisle do for privacy? You're at the International Association of Privacy Professionals, and we're thrilled to see you again. Thank you, Mari. I appreciate it. I, I always enjoy being on your show. Um, Womble Carlisle is a full-service law firm, but we have a um, privacy and data management team, and it's we call it cross-functional because we've got healthcare privacy lawyers, we've got FTC privacy lawyers, we have FCC privacy lawyers, we have people in the financial industry that do privacy work, and so all of these folks come together and, and um, help us uh, build out privacy solutions and data management solutions uh, for our clients. So that's most of what we're doing from a day-to-day -day basis in this space. So if there's a breach, we handle that kind of thing, but, you know, if we're uh, ahead of things, which it's better to be. And our proactive, are right. Being much more proactive. We like to get out and uh, and make sure that our clients are prepared in case they're, they're attacked. Right. And why don't you just give your website? 
Our website is WCSR.com for Womble, Carlisle, Sandrich, and Rice, but WCSR.com. Great. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Hi, now we're at All Clear ID, breach response that puts your customers first. Why don't you tell us what does All Clear do? Yeah, so our focus is data breach response, uh, more specifically the customer-facing aspects of a response. So the notification, the call center piece, and then providing the appropriate protection based off what data was lost. Great, and I know that you just got uh, an opportunity to work with Blue Cross to offer two years of your monitoring. So isn't that correct? That is correct. Okay, perfect. Why don't you give your website? It is allclearid.com. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And now we're at Aosphere. It says Rule Finder Cross-Border Data Transfer. And we are standing here with beautiful Anita Anand, who is from London, all the way came all the way over here to D.C. So, Anita, tell us what your company does. Well, we try and empower clients to release their dependency on lawyers for information about every single transaction they want to do so that they can gather a base of information that gives them a good starting point for managing global risks. And so it's to try and make the privacy side or general compliance side as ambitious as the business side of an organization would be. Great. And could you give us your website? aosphere.com. And would you spell that? A-O-S-P-H-E-R-E dot com. And we love it. You call it privacy. It's great. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. And now we are at the NPC difference, listening, understanding, delivering. So Sean Melito is with us. Sean, tell us about your company. What do you do? Well, NPC is actually the largest print house, or one of the largest print houses for the federal government. And if you remember back in 2006, the Veterans Administration lost a laptop with 28 million records on it. Yes. Well, we did about 4 million of those mailings. Um, we have a very, very large digital print facility, and we've actually been handling data breach response ever since. So we developed a, much, a, num- a number of security features around our notification services, and we've also developed an in-house call center. So when somebody has a data breach, they can contract with us, and we will handle the, either the email or the print notifications as well as the call center return mail management and we will and we will work with credit monitoring partners to provide identity theft and credit monitoring services terrific so why don't you just give your website www.npcweb.com and uh, the, it's a branded service where it's called immersion so if you click on the immersion link that'll take you to all of our data breach services Terrific. Thank you so much. Thank you. And now we're at Sanera Consulting, and we're speaking with beautiful Melinda Tijerino, who is who said that she actually listened to our show yes, and did. found us on LinkedIn, so I, I'm excited about that. So tell us about what your company does. So at Sanera Consulting, we're based out of Florida, but we have a nationwide presence, and we're basically an information technology risk consulting firm. Um, we help you know third parties. We help major firms all across the country with their data privacy assessments and needs. Why don't you give your website? Oh, it's www.sanera.com. Great. Great to meet you. All right. Thanks, Mari. And now we are speaking with Lauren Reed, who's with Nimity, Innovating Compliance. Tell us about what your company does. Well, since Nimity was founded in 2002, we have one mandate, and that's to support the privacy office. 
the company's evolved over the last couple of years beyond just research tools to privacy management tools as well. Nimity's very, very focused on accountability. We have tools to help you understand laws and regulations all over the world. We also have tools to help you monitor and manage your privacy program. We can help you compare your privacy program to other privacy programs, and we can even help you get started. So if you're just starting out, you don't know where to go, Nimity has templates, guidelines, checklists, and will support you all the way until you're one of the most mature companies in the world and you're wanting to go and talk to regulators about what it is that you do and why your program goes above and beyond. Great. So why don't you just give your website? It's <coughs> Nimity.com, N-Y-M-I-T-Y.com. Great, Lauren. Thank you so much. Thank you. And now we're talking with Warren Sethachikal, who is with Ghost Street Enterprise. Wow, you got this ghost here. What do you do? <laughs> so our company is all about transparency. So we have a consumer browser application where a consumer can basically identify all the different tracking technologies that are collecting data on them when they visit a website. And it also gives them the ability to actually block those tracking technologies from collecting data from them. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's all about just having the consumer understand what's collecting data when they visit specific websites. So this is a, uh, a, a, a software that they download? Correct. It's a browser application. <laughs> uh, we have about 40 million people who have actually downloaded this privacy tool and 25 million people who have agreed to be part of our panel where we actually collect data in regards to uh, what they see. No, no personal information. All the data that we're collecting is anonymous. Right, but what we're collecting is information about what trackers they experience when they visit specific websites. And we aggregate that data and we have an enterprise solution where we show that data to companies and brands. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so what is the website? Uh, our website for the consumer solution is ghostry.com. Spell that for us. G-H-O-S-T-E-R-Y.com. C-O-M. And our consumer solution is ghostoryenterprise.com. Uh, Great. G-O- do you need to yeah. Okay. <laughs> G-H-O-S-T-E-R-Y, uh, enterprise, E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E.com. Great, Warren. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.